Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hi, this is Monica. Welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Today, I am talking about how bloggers make money. It is the first question I get whenever I tell anyone that I am a blogger. And in person, people are definitely not shy to ask straight out, how do you make money doing that? And I get a ton of questions online. So I recently put a call out to see if anyone had any specific questions that I'm going to answer today. But first, let's warm up. I feel like I have so much to talk about for the warm up. I love running in the fall. I think it has some of the best weather. I'm in Southern California, so it's a little warm here in the summer. And for it to kind of get a little cooler, but not cold, because I'm not a fan of that. I super love it. And I also love that there are a ton of fall races, really big ones, Chicago, New York, but then also kind of local races and turkey trots. And I just feel like a lot of people on Instagram and Facebook are talking about their races or training. I know all of you guys who have been um, following me on Instagram and chiming in on the daily run report with your workout. I love it. It keeps me excited. I feel like we have a virtual running club going on. So keep chiming in. Let me know what you're training for or when you're racing, how it went. I think it just like keeps me excited about running and I've been running for a really long time. So hopefully it uh, gets you excited too. And I also want to ask something kind of random. So my best friend moved recently. And I told you, I have a lot to talk about in this warm-up. I'm trying to keep it short and sweet. But my best friend moved recently. And her new place where she is living, she lives in a black hole of cell service. Not an actual black hole. She lives in a normal place in Palm Springs. But she does not get good service there, which is just like super funny to me because hello, what year is it? What? We can send messages to Mars. Why can I not send a message to Palm Springs? I know for a fact she is not just avoiding my calls because we are each other's only friend and she's obligated to be my person. But um, I just thought, I know I've like heard of this before where someone's like, yeah, I don't get service there. And I'm like, yeah, really? But no, this is actually a thing. And I just think it's random. And I'm curious if this has happened to anyone else. And if anyone is an expert on this and can explain why this is happening in this time in our lives, like, come on, welcome to the future. Let's get it together. (laughs) Isn't that the most random? I want to keep talking about running and eating, but I'm not sure how long the hot topic for today is going to go. So let's get to the main event. Today, I am talking about how bloggers make money Um, But first, I want to put out a disclaimer, just like with running advice, diet advice, financial advice, anything that you hear from complete strangers on the internet or on podcasts, always check with your own doctor, therapist, lawyer, CPA, all of the above before starting anything new. So this is not supposed to be official advice from any professional. The only thing I'm an expert at is being a redheaded Mexican. But this is kind of, in general, my experience and the info that I know about it. For specifics, definitely check with your financial advisor or whoever 
you kind of listen to on these hot topics and the official government rules. I just have to put that out as a disclaimer. If you need specific resources, if you are a blogger that is making money and you kind of have questions about this, I will put links in the show notes to more information that have official resources. And also, I'm going to reference a couple of different websites that I found that give you another point of view, I guess, of how other bloggers are making money. Boom. Let's get to the first question. Now, these questions are from Instagram. So definitely follow me there. And the first one is from Running Duck. They say, random, but if you are paid via product and they have paid in quotes, do you have to declare the value of that product, retail or wholesale, for taxes? Do you solicit companies or are they recruiting you for promotion? I really enjoy your feed. It's a nice mix of product, personal, and fun. Keep it up. Yay, thank you. Um, okay, yes. In answer to the first question, if you're paid, quote unquote, you know, like paid for something in product, do you have to claim it? Yes, you do have to claim it. That is like the official IRS rules. And this is something that I kind of meant when I was referencing, check the show notes for official links. Um, Katie Woodruff has some good information and she has actually talked to someone that she works with for her taxes in terms of like official terminology for this. But yeah, anytime you accept something that is of monetary value, you are supposed to claim it, um, make sure that you record it, document it as something that you are kind of getting paid for your services in kind. Next question is, do you solicit companies or are they recruiting you for promotion? I don't solicit companies now. And I say now because I think I'm kind of grouping my myself in with a handful of blogger friends that I have that are also like professional bloggers. This is what they do full time. And I know that some of us used to reach out to companies and solicit them and others like me who are not as like organized or aggressive. I don't even know what to call it. I just am bad at this game. Basically, I probably should have. At this point, I don't. I don't really need to. I get a lot of companies reaching out to me. I actually have to it takes a lot for me to go through all the solicitations I'm getting of people reaching out, asking me to review different things, interview different people, try products. And they are everything from like gear to beauty products, to shoes, to food, all of the above. So I don't right now solicit um, companies. Question number two is from Hungry Runner Girl, one of my favorite people. She said, does Vegas get paid? And this is kind of just a joke. Um, for those of you who do not follow Run It Repeat on social or my blog, Vegas is my cat. And I found my cat when he was a kitten a very long time ago. Oh my gosh. Like in college when I was at the bank. And yeah, Vegas is my peep. And I put him on um, social media on the blog periodically when he is cute. So people were chiming in about that. And then someone said, I think Vegas should get some kickback or paid vacation somewhere. I don't think Vegas would want to go anywhere because he is a cat and he likes to sleep 23 hours a day. He definitely gets paid in my love and patience because he can be very difficult in that every now and then he'll go through this phase for a couple days at a time where he eats aggressively and then throws up. And or just makes the throw up sound 
to make my heart race because I'm like, ah, oh, where is he? What is he doing? Is he okay? Is he going to barf on the bed? Like, I just have to scramble. So, yes, he does get paid in my patients and potentially me having to go talk to a therapist about the anxiety of that. Question number three. This is from Strict51. Do you know what your yearly income is with and without products, especially shoes and things that you really do use and therefore don't have to purchase? I'm just curious what the approximate pay grade is for a full-time blogger. Okay, so for the first part of the question, do you know what your yearly income is with and without products? Yes, that is something that, like the first question, it is something that I need to account for. So I definitely need to be able to like claim that and um, keep an idea of the breakdown of that. For things like shoes and things that I really do use, that doesn't make any difference. Whether or not I get something that I use or don't use, I have to claim it. So I don't have the luxury of kind of saying, well, you know, someone sent me a ton of basketballs and I'm like, I don't even play basketball. So like, I'm not going to count this. And there are different things that go along with that in terms of, you know, if someone just sends me something that they didn't tell me they were going to send it, you know, and there's no contract or there's nothing formal that doesn't happen often, but every now and then stuff like that, I think kind of you would work out with your tax person. But yes, you definitely need to know what the income is with and without product. And if nothing else, it is very important to know specifically what my income is, excuse me, without the product, because I cannot send my mortgage company a box of shoes and say, hey, this is worth $100. So there's that. And then I'll give you the rest in cash. So it definitely is really important to keep that in mind when I am budgeting that sometimes it's, it seems like potentially I'm getting, uh, if someone were to contact me with a contract, you know, we will pay you a hundred dollars, but we'll send you, you know, a thousand dollars worth of granola bars. That's fantastic, but I can't pay my bills in granola bars. So making sure that I kind of keep it in perspective in terms of what it's worth for my taxes versus what it's, worth to pay my bills and to make sure that I'm budgeting correctly. These are all things that I am mindful of. To the next part of the question, I'm just curious what the approximate pay grade is for a full-time blogger. That really can run the freaking gamut of like high to low and very, very extreme. I guess a lot similar to different industries. You know, there are teachers that are getting paid very well versus very poorly. Okay. I'm going to, this is like, I don't want to get into how much teachers make because I am very close and love a lot of teachers. They don't get paid enough, but I'm just kind of trying to think of a random industry, right? Where someone in marketing or, you know, something else can get paid super, super well. And then maybe like poverty level, it just depends on where you live and what your position is and things like that. So it's the same with this, with this industry, just like anything else there are people that are making six figures. And I think that's kind of why people are curious. On one hand, you don't know how someone makes money in the first place in this industry. And that's why I think the first question I get is, how do you make money from that? Because it's like, how does that work exactly? Because your website is just up. So people are looking at it for free. 
So what are you doing to actually get money? But you hear these stories about like, you know, these bloggers, these like fashion bloggers or YouTubers making six figures. And it's like, okay, what's going on? How do you actually make money? I think that's where it kind of gets people's curiosity peaked. And given that, I I was trying to research too, because I'm like, what is like the average or what, you know, how does this kind of work? And what I found is, for the most part, it is, it's just like anything else, right? Like, when anyone leaves like a rating or a Yelp review, it's either because they had the best experience of their life, or they have something to complain about, and it's hard to find something that's just like a normal thing. Um, This is the same thing where I found a lot of um, info about like, how, you know, these bloggers are making six figures, things like that. Um, and I will link to that in the show notes. That's at runitrepeat.com. There's one on Huffington Post, one on Sits Girls. Like I said, I'll link to that. That gives you more info on how much money bloggers make. And yeah, like I, I think it, it is all over the place. I think that some people are willing to live with less. Like I could potentially make more money doing something else. But because I really love this and it gives me, you know, flexibility to do my favorite thing and to be able to get paid for it, I'm willing to get paid less doing this than potentially, you know, doing something else. And the potential for making more money is definitely very enticing. The potential for making money at all, right, with something that you would consider doing for free is super exciting. So I think, um, it is all over the place and it really depends on how big their social media accounts are. I know for me, and I work with a couple of companies that are like the middleman for brands. So they are kind of like a social media marketing company that works with brands and they'll work with bloggers and the brand and kind of connect us to do different partnerships or promotions, things like that. And they based their like pay, like what I get paid for a post is based on what my blog hits are, what my social media following is. And that kind of has to do with like all of the different ones or potentially just one of them. If the brand just wants is like really focused on reaching out to people on Facebook or doing an Instagram live, like it, they look at those things and that's how they determine how much you would get paid. There are some things that are very specific, like if they are looking for someone in a specific niche that potentially is hard to reach out to, maybe that would have more, I don't, I don't want to say credibility, but maybe that would be more enticing to them if it's someone that's hard to reach out to. So they would be willing to pay more. But I think in general, you can kind of like assume or get an idea of what people make based on what their following is. Cause the more followers you have, the more potential customers a brand is going to be able to be exposed to. So they're going to be willing to pay more. It is like, you know, there are some super awesome fashion bloggers out there, or even like, and these aren't bloggers, but celebrities on social media are like the Super Bowl, right, of commercials. So if you get Kylie Jenner, or, you know, I don't even know who else, like, just like the the people that have the biggest following and the most like interaction and buzz, if you get someone like that to hold your product, that is like, Super Bowl style commercial, you're willing to pay a ton for it. And then for other things, it's like you just kind of want to keep the exposure out there. You're not going to pay someone else as much. 
Question number four is from T cash symbol. That is appropriate cash symbol. I hope I'm saying these right. I'm not actually sure if I am name sounding out these Instagram names right. Okay. Question number four. I'm curious how much you have to reach out to them to get sponsorship. They have the you and the them in all caps. What percentage contact you first? I don't have to reach out to get sponsorships often. Um, I really don't reach out to get sponsorships actually at this point to just put it plainly. And I really never have. And that's not because I have always had a ton of incoming emails and solicitations of people just throwing piles of money at me. Not at all. It is mostly because I am the worst. Um, I'm just, I'm not the worst, but I am very, very lucky to have an awesome following from Run It Repeat on my social media and on my blog and to have people that kind of connect with me and want to follow me. And um, because of that, it has enabled me to make money, but I don't think I've been super smart in strategy. And so that is something I'm kind of just paying attention to now because I'm like, oh my gosh, like this might keep going on for a while. And I have really always thought like, I'm very lucky. I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, I'm just enjoying it while I can. And now I'm like, hmm, like, this might be your thing. This is like your career. And maybe you should get it together, Monikin, and treat it as such. So I don't reach out to get sponsorships unless, and this is the only time, I am putting together the annual Pile on the Miles Challenge, which is something I do every November to kind of keep us motivated keep us moving forward um, and active in a time when it's easy to get away from it, right? The holidays are coming, the weather kind of gets a little colder. It's just, there's stuff. And so I do an annual pile on the miles challenge. And for that, to kind of keep everyone checking in every day, I offer prizes. And so for that, I reach out to companies and I ask them to sponsor the challenge in just more than anything, giving you know, either like shoes, compression socks, running watch, um, Amazon gift cards, but stuff like that, that I will reach out and try to get companies to sponsor that. But I'm not really making money from that. I'm just um, asking for it. They're sponsoring the challenge, but they're not necessarily, this isn't like me getting a sponsorship, right? Where they're just like paying me to talk about their product. It's really for pile on the miles. So in terms of what percentage contact me first, I would say like, 94%, like for the most part, that is, yeah, it's mostly them. Next question is from Sammy Nystrom. What is your biggest source of revenue? How do you gather traffic to your site? Okay, this is actually a question when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? Because the revenue question, where I am getting revenue today right now is very different from where I was getting it when I first started making money. And when I first even started the blog, I had no expectation this was going to make money. So it has changed so much and it is going to keep changing a ton. If you are listening to this in a year where I am making revenue, God willing that I'm still able to here, um, it might be completely different. This is like such a changing new you know, industry and with social media constantly changing, 
you have to roll with it. Today, my biggest source of revenue is sponsored posts on Run, Eat, Repeat and or sponsored social media. And that's for the most part, Instagram, um, because I have a pretty solid following there and Facebook. Before it was just readership on the blog. Like it was, it didn't matter kind of specifically what I was talking about. It wasn't sponsored posts. I could post about just running and eating, but I had ads up on the site, like sidebar ads. I was working with a company. And as long as I got a lot of people to come to runitrepeat.com, like they actually came to the page and I got eyeballs on the website, then I would get paid a certain amount. And they based it on like, you know, CPMs, there's like formulas and the company that would put up the sidebar ads would take a cut of that, but they would fill those ads. So they would work with the brands to get someone to kind of sign on for this, like quote unquote, like, and I've always considered it kind of like a commercial, right? You're watching TV and you turn it on. There is, I'm watching Mad Men right now. I'm super into Mad Men, but I feel like that's a bad example because that was on, I'm watching on Netflix, but I think it was on HBO. I do not have the time to get sidetracked on this. What's on normal TV? I don't watch normal TV. Like, you know, this is, <laughs> this is a solid example, right? For example, let me get confused. No, but I liken it to a commercial. When you're watching The Real Housewives on Bravo, normal style with commercials, the more people that watch that show the more a company is going to be willing to pay to have their commercial shown. And I kind of considered it the same thing that the more people that were coming to my website, the more a company was willing to pay me to just have their ads up, right? That was for a really long time, how I and a lot of my friends who blogged full time would make money. Slowly brands started to realize like, that's great, but I really would rather be star of the show. And that's when things, and I think this has kind of happened with TV as well, movies, really anywhere, product placement, where they wanted you to do a recipe with their sauce or with, you know, their mix or using their blender. Like it was these things that they were like, actually, instead of having an ad up on the side, we will pay you to write a post about it. And so then things started to get to more sponsored posts and brand partnerships. I have done like exclusive contracts with companies for a year. Like this is the only yogurt I would eat or, you know, something like that. It went from just being hits on run it repeat to being more sponsored posts. And it is sponsored posts now and more though it is sponsored social media. And it kind of it just like it rolls like it's all over the place. A lot of companies want to do too like affiliate stuff where you get a cut of like if you are to talk about something or mention something, you can get a percentage of that. I also get money from and this is like I don't do a lot of affiliate stuff. I have an Amazon link that if you buy something when I link to Amazon, there's like a very small percentage I get from that. It, that's not enough at all to like be consistent. I make money from Advocare when I talk about either the 24 day challenge or um, the herbal cleanse spark, which I'm like all about. I try not to make it a commercial 
because I know that's like not fun if you feel like I'm constantly trying to sell something. So I just try to make it available because I get a lot of questions about it. So I'll try to link to it periodically. I know some people make a full-time living from just doing that. But I think those are my main sources. I also do now freelance writing. I almost forgot about that. And this kind of, it depends on a lot of things like what company you're working with. um, If they want, when you do freelance writing to promote what you're writing, or um, if it's like this back and forth thing where sometimes companies will share your post and if you share theirs, things like that. But for the most part, in terms of specifically revenue, it's sponsored posts, sponsored social media. To answer, how do you gather traffic to your site? Um, I try to promote on social media just to keep everyone updated if I have a post that I can't put everything on, you know, Instagram. And I try to, I think I've gotten a little wordy with Instagram sometimes where I will write a blog post and because that is not really my main source of income, I'm willing to post everything to social media. I don't necessarily like super need you to come to run it repeat at this point, unless it is for something specific, like a giveaway, or I feel like a company does want, you know, to encourage if I'm working with someone on a sponsored post and they do want people to come to run it repeat to be able to see um, what I'm talking about. But I try to post everything to social media so that you can at least, if you know I am updating something that is going to be relevant to you, whether it's a recipe or a workout or just talking about a race, I promote it that way. So that's how I gather traffic to my site is talking about it. And two, I mean, here on some level, right? Like I am talking about the show notes. If you want to check out the show notes, that's at runningrepeat.com. So me mentioning that helps to get traffic to the site. And I think though, it makes it easier. I, I keep hearing, and I know this is true for me, when I'm listening to podcasts, I am out and about for the most part. So if I hear something that I'm like, oh, okay, or yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm not going to remember it necessarily, or I'm going to want to check it out later. So I will go to the website and, you know, screenshot it or pin it, something like that so that I can have it saved, use it again later or reference it later, things like that. Question number six is from my little runner girl. Was making a living your intent or did it just evolve into that? If it was your intent, Were you really fearful of beginning? I don't know if I mentioned this in my first podcast episode, because I know I talk about my running story, and I don't remember now if I mentioned my running repeat story, which I feel like I potentially should do. But um, it was never my intent to make a living from running repeat. I really started it to document running my first marathon and losing weight. That was a big, my weight has always been a big struggle for me my entire life. And I really wanted to run a marathon and I was super intimidated, but also excited. And I thought, and I still think like, I am just a normal person and I am not a natural born runner and I'm not super fast and I'm not thin. And this doesn't come easy to me, but it's going to be an adventure. And that's kind of why I started Running Repeat. I thought it would be, um, I don't know, relatable. And I would be able to relate to other people that were like, hey, yeah, like I'm doing that too. Or something similar happened to me. I really did kind of just want to share. 
my training and updates and things like that, I didn't think it was going to be a thing to make money off of. So I wasn't, um, I didn't go into it with any fear. Really, my main source of fear at the time was actually running the marathon. So I wasn't worried about making a fool of myself online. I was more worried about making a fool of myself on the marathon course. Like there were times for sure that I thought I might not be able to do this. When I ran my first marathon, (laughs) this is because I'm like scared of everything because I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself about the blog because it was just like, you know, start journaling online, like just sharing my story, easy breezy, fearful of beginning. I think I've mentioned this before, but for my first marathon, like actually running it, talk about fearful. I genuinely, because I at the time had um, an iPod that I was listening to for music. So I didn't need my phone to listen to music, but I brought my phone to, I had my phone with me on the first marathon that I ran because I genuinely thought there is a possibility I might have to call 911 for myself. This is like true, like a thousand percent true. I thought I might die today and I want to be able to call 911 so at least my sad carcass can, you know, be in an ambulance. Like, I don't even know. I was so scared. I was, I'm really ridiculous. Anyways, so that's what I was scared of. Question number seven is from GT4313. I'd be curious how consistent the pay is for successful bloggers such as yourself. Are some months wildly different, which would make it hard to plan our budget? I think that part would make me nervous. You seem to rock it, and I love your not fancy spirit with it. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I am not fancy, and I just want to be true to who I am. And so I feel like I lead with stuff like that because I'm just like, I don't want the expectation to be there that I'm fancy because I am just not. The pay is not consistent to be like completely direct in terms of unless you have a set ongoing brand partnership, you are going to work with yogurt for yogis all year and you're going to do two sponsored posts a month and you're going to make $500 each, each sponsored post, you know, for the entire year like something like that. And you know, like, okay, for sure I'm making $500 for two posts. Like I'm making thousand dollars a month from this company. And if you have different partnerships like that, where you can kind of stack them, that is the only consistency when you are also, and this is like, you're adding different things up. So it's like, sometimes you're doing a brand sponsorship. Sometimes you are just trying to promote the heck out of your blog so that it gets hits. Um, Sometimes you are doing I don't know, like affiliate links and trying to make money off of that or doing freelance writing. If you know, you know what, it's slow. Like I need to take on some extra work, consulting, things like that. Um, So it can be inconsistent. I think it takes a while for it to get consistent, which can be very scary. You need to just allow for that. I think if you have been making money as a you know, contract worker or freelancer for any length of time in any industry, you can notice patterns, right? Like the end of the year, it starts to get a little slow because companies have spent all their budget or they're saving it for, you know, the holidays and doing marketing another way. January can be really busy because it is, you know, in this industry, at least, or what I blog about in terms of like running and eating, 
a lot of people are looking into getting healthy and fit. So there are more opportunities. Companies are putting money into people that have New Year's resolutions, weight goals, exercise goals, anything like that. So they're, it can be busier, let's say, in like January, potentially. That is not like a guaranteed, but I'm saying I, for the most part, can kind of follow an idea of like, yeah, it seems like it's slow, but this happened last year at this time, and then it came back up at another time. So yes, it can be different. I think you have to account for that. You have to plan for it and just budget appropriately. And sometimes that happens too with like, if you work on commission or you work in an industry that is weather specific, right? You're doing pool cleaning and there are times of the year when that's not as busy as others. I think there are other industries that it is not consistent um, and you just have to allow for that if this is something that you want to do to pay your bills. And I think that was the last question, but if you have any follow-up questions or you want to have a discussion about it, we can chat. I will post to Instagram and Facebook when I promote this post and you can, you know, chime in in the comments if you have anything else. If you are making money from blogging or podcasting or YouTubing or anything else, feel free to chime in with what what your experience has been because everyone is different again. I am very, very blessed and very grateful that I get to do this. I still get excited every time I get something a company sends me, whether, well, I get super excited for running shoes, but who doesn't, right? But anytime I get anything, like I just think this is awesome and this is ridiculous. And it's not all boats and hoes. Like it is not, I'm not like shitting money, as I would say, but it's ridiculous that I get to do what I do and be able to make money from it. And I am super, super grateful that you are listening to this podcast, that you follow Run It Repeat on Instagram and or Facebook and or everywhere, please do. Um, Because I know that there can too be, I'm getting into an off topic kind of thing, or I guess it's relevant, but I know that sponsored posts can seem annoying to people. I get it, but that's how I make money. And if I am not making money from sponsored posts, I can't keep doing this. I definitely can't keep doing it full time um, because I would have to make money another way and maybe just kind of do this half-heartedly on the side. And I like that at least right now, I don't have anything to sell to you. I do not have run, eat, repeat, like head to toe gear that I could, you know, really promote and make money off of. I do have run, eat, repeat gear if you want it on my spreadshirt shop that I dig and that people wear, but I'm not making money from that. Most of those things I'm not making any commission on at all. I think there are a couple things in the store that I am making one or $2 on. And I already think it's a little, it's not like super cheap to begin with. So I am always hesitant for that. But how many would I have to sell to be able to like pay my bills? Like I like that I don't necessarily have to sell you stuff. I appreciate that I am able to work with brands and kind of just present you information about different, you know, like fancy electrolyte drinks or fuel or clothes, whatever that I think you might be interested in and you can buy it or not. But me being able to kind of just share that enables me to make money 
and then continue to do everything else on running repeat so that we can keep running and eating and repeating and podcasting and videoing all of the above. Boomeranging, super fun, right? So I really appreciate it if you're a fan. Anytime you use like a runny repeat discount code or come to the site or chime in on a sponsored post in the comments, that just shows a ton of support for brands to be able to continue to want to work with me. And then I get to be able to make money and we can keep doing this podcast because this is a good example of this is new. I'm not making money from it, but I love it. I really love it. And I feel very excited and grateful that I'm able to do it, that I have the time and resources right now. But please bear with me if there's ever any sponsored posts or anything like that, that you're just like not a fan of, because I appreciate it. Now, let's get to the awards. This week, first place goes to my little mom, because my mom is awesome, first of all, and she's extra awesome because I am not that awesome. I'm probably difficult and I'm very loud. And this is relevant because since Cindy's phone doesn't work, I talk to my mom twice as much. And I talk to her when I am cleaning or cooking or doing random things sometimes where I am very enthusiastic and probably slightly distracted. And she rolls with it. She is awesome. I love my mom. Second place goes to live video. And this is both on Instagram and Facebook. I am loving live video right now. It is intimidating and kind of like bumpy. I I feel a little awkward and I'm not a super expert in it. But I love that if I have something kind of on my mind, something I want to share, I can just stop, drop, and roll the camera. Oh my gosh, I just made that up. Okay. Sorry. That was, I love when I make up really random things. Drop, drop and roll the camera and do a live video and share what is on my mind with you guys. Last week, for example, I did a live video on both Instagram and Facebook, just sharing that when I was running, I didn't notice there was a person along the route. And it just was a important reminder to me that I am not as observant as I thought. And I wanted to share that sooner rather than later. You know, I didn't want to wait to write a whole blog post about it or do a podcast about it. I kind of wanted to share it that day while it was on my mind. Just remind everyone, hey, I think I'm super safe. And it turns out I dropped the ball. And if you are dropping the ball, I encourage you to be safe again. And it was just like uh, things like that, that I just think if it's something on my mind or someone asks a question that I'm like, I would rather kind of answer it right away or answer it in front of everyone right away because there are more people that could be helped by this. I am digging live video. Boom. And third place goes to Pinterest. I, this isn't, I just, it's not like I've just discovered Pinterest. Don't worry. But I am extra excited about Pinterest right now because in the past, I've always just used it for running eating, (laughs) um, like recipes or inspiration or race reviews, like pinning things that are just like running, eating specific 
but I am on this like weird rampage right now of like decorating, home decorating. Specifically, I am trying to fix up the first thing that you see when you walk in. I don't even want to call it an entranceway because it's not like it is an entranceway, but just the wall that you see when you walk in my place. I was like, I want this to be an awesome first impression. And so I don't even know how it popped in my brain movies, but I was like, I know kind of what I want. And I spent so much time on Pinterest this week, looking at different things, getting ideas, getting inspiration. Man, it is addictive, but super fun. And I feel like I, like hours of my life just passed me by and uh, no regrets because I enjoyed the heck out of it. And my entranceway isn't even done yet, but it is very close to being done. And I am super talking it up for something that is going to end up being very simple, but I am excited about it nonetheless. And if you have a question for me, you can leave a message on the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast line. It's a voicemail line. You call in, just leave a voicemail, and I will play it and answer your question on the show. That number is 562-888-1644. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. So you can just call in, leave a voicemail, quick chatteroo, and I will try to answer that. If you just want to randomly chime in with your thoughts on this stuff. And if you have some time, please rate the show in whatever podcast app you're listening to and subscribe. It definitely means a lot and it helps me to keep this thing going. Thank you so much for listening and all your support. Have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.